0: Pastor Xavier Reese, and the simple truths to God's mysterious ways. We need to understand that God
1: needed a man to judge over his people. And his eyes went to and fro throughout the world to show himself strong on behalf of them whose hearts are perfect towards him. And he used the woman to get a man. Now we see the purposes of God, they were accomplished. You never know how God's going to work, do you understand
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. It's never easy to see the good that inevitably comes in the midst of a difficult situation, but then again, the definition of faith is believing without seeing. And that's the simple truth we see the faithful Hannah struggling with in her barrenness. But as Pastor Xavier continues our study series drawn from the book of 1 Samuel, we'll see coming into focus through it all, God's purpose is accomplished for his glory every time.
1: 1 Samuel chapter 1. From verse 1, we're going to look to verse 11 of chapter 2. The message entitled, Hannah, a Vessel of Honor. And so the story of Hannah... The faithful, godly woman unfolds in a three-fold movement. First, the afflictions of Hannah, uh, chapter 1, verse 1 through 7. Secondly, the petition of Hannah in chapter 1, verse 8 to 18. And thirdly, the acquisition of Hannah in chapter 1, verse 19 to chapter 2, verse 11. Let me read verse 1 through 7 here. Now there was a certain man of Ramathon... Zobim of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeraham, the son of Eliu, the son of Tabu, the son of Zup, and Ephraimite. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, the name of the other was Panina. Panina had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up to a city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also his two sons, Eli, Hophni, Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever... The time came for Elkanah to make an offering. He would uh, give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all the sons and daughters. But to Hannah he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had um, closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her, therefore she wept. And did not eat. Notice here the afflictions of Hannah are given to us. In verse 1 and 2, notice Hannah's affliction was due to her marriage condition. She was married to a man here, Elkanah, which means God has possessed or God has created. Notice in verse 2, she was one of two wives, which is never good. Um, One was named Panina, which means Coral. Some say pearl or jewel, and she had children. But the second Hannah, her name is Grace or Gracious Give, she had no children. She was barren. And we're going to see this repeated two or three times. The Lord had caused this barrenness. God was in control. In verse 4, her husband Elkanah would always give Panina and her children a portion for the sacrifice. But in verse 5, a double to Hannah. And I'm sure Panina didn't like that, and that didn't help the situation. And then the condition of barrenness. Uh, Hannah's condition was uh, made worse by Panina's antagonism. Panina was her rival, being unsympathetic, uncompassionate, knowing she would only humiliate and bring shame to her, the more. Is there a Panina in your life? Listen up. The afflictions of Hannah caused her much suffering. Now notice the petition of Hannah Is presented next from verse 8 to 18. Let me read. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart grieved? Uh, Am I not better to you than ten sons? We'll get to that. Uh, So Hannah, (laughs) so Hannah rose after they had finished eating and drinking the shallow. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting uh, um, in the seat of of the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. And then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look upon the afflictions of your head and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child. Maidservant, I'm your servant. I'm the, I'm the vessel. It's repeated over and over again. I will give him all to him all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened as... She continually prayed before the Lord that Eli washed her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. This, was the, 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 this is the pagan festivals and temples of that day. All this stuff was going on. You read the book of Judges. So Eli's thinking, well, this is one of these dirty dog ladies that's in here. What's mad with her? He said. So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? "'Put your wine away from you.' "'And Hannah answered and says, "'Oh, no, my Lord, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. "'I've drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, "'but have poured out my soul before the Lord. "'Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, "'for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief "'I have spoken until now.' "'And Eli answered and said, "'Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition "'which you have asked of him.' "'And she said, "'Let your maidservant find favor in your sight.' So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Notice the petition of Hannah. In verse 8, Hannah's petition was in view of her husband being insensitive. Elkanah was completely oblivious to the provocation of Panina towards Hannah, or plainly indifferent to it. Am I not better to you than ten cents? No, stupid. That's a dumb question. (laughs) Look at verse 9 and 10. Hannah's petition was unto the Lord, who knows all things. She rose after worship, sacrifice, as Eli sat on the seat of the doorpost of the tabernacle. Here he is, the high priest. He's overseeing the worship, making sure things are in order. And she was in bitterness of soul. In verse 10, she prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish her bitterness of soul that affected her emotion caused her feelings to to cloud her ability to fix on the lord but now being open to the lord and his will she's brought into a meaningful interaction with the lord what is going to take place here is between her and the lord no one else could take care of it this is very important Notice her prayer was addressed to the only one who could look on the affliction of his handmaiden with understanding and remember her barrenness. He's the one that caused her to be barren. Still in 11, her prayer was very specific that God would give her a man-child. Her promise was... That she would give him back all the days of his life and no razor would come upon his head. This is the Nazarite vow in the book of Numbers chapter 6. Samson was uh, a Nazarite. John the Baptist. Uh, As we'll see, Samuel belongs to the Levitical order through his genealogy. Now in verse 12 through 18, notice Hannah's petition was misunderstood by Eli the priest. This is the, is the, the spiritual mediator. And he misunderstands her. In verse 12, Through 14, Hannah was being watched by Eli, the priest, and he thought that she was drunk. In fact, because her lips were moving and no sound was coming out of them, for she spoke in her heart, and therefore he rebuked her, asking her to put away her wine. She says she was not drunk with wine or intoxicating drink. She says she had poured out her soul before the Lord, not just an emotional release, but a total emptying of self to purpose and desire only what we give glory to God. Prayers for the aligning of our lives with the will of God in order that the purposes of God can be accomplished in us and through us, not our will, not our benefit, not our glory. We've got this whole secular mentality in the church today that we, 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 me, me, me. No, that's the problem. It's God, it's His will. It's His Word. Nothing short of that. Look at 17 and 18. Hannah received Eli's blessings. Eli proclaimed in verse 17 God's peace over her and that her petition might be granted. Notice that. It was not a promise that it would be, but he just, it was, may the Lord grant to you. This was not prophetic. And just on that itself, God did something in her heart. It didn't happen outside talking to Panina, trying to be nice. It didn't happen talking to her husband. It happened as she was in communion with God. God is the one who brought this peace about. No one else. Not nothing to change. She experienced reality, looking to the hope of God's word, not her emotions. For nothing had changed. The condition probably continued from day to day. And so in 18, Hannah left with the countenance of her face no longer sad. This is truly a work of God by His Spirit. For her circumstance, again, had not changed. Only her heart, her attitude, had been aligned with God. You understand? Jesus said men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Correlated. Men lose heart because they don't pray. Luke 18.1. It's just real simple. Prayer is an obligation to God. We are to live in an attitude of prayer. As we walk through the day, things come up. We shoot prayers up. Always dependent on God for everything. Paul said that we're to pray without ceasing. That's a command. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Prayer is to be a regular practice. There's a time when we pray a certain times a day or when we do certain things, but prayer Is a total mark of dependency and attitude ongoing all the time. In fact, when Paul wrote to the Ephesians, as you know, Ephesians 5.18, he says, Praying always with all prayer and supplications in the Spirit, being watchful to this end that with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. Prayer will open your eyes. Don't trust what you see, but what God reveals to you. You remember the servant of Elisha seeing the Syrian army all around the city and he feared? And Elisha prayed to the Lord. Lord, open his eyes. Then he saw the cherubim and everything else and he got pretty cocky. That's good. We need to understand that there's warfare going on and sometimes it's hand to hand combat. You understand? So you need to call on the Lord of hosts, the captain of the armies of heaven. A little more than you do your friend, your pastor, or someone else. Nothing wrong with those people, but they shouldn't be the primary source or the only source. Paul declares that the result is the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guarding our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, Philippians 4.7. That's the thing. He wants to guard your heart and your mind from these distractions because of spiritual warfare. I got to walk in the Spirit. By the way, prayerless lives are a sin. Uh, the nation of Israel came to a place where they wanted a king, as you know, we'll get into in chapter 12, and, uh, and Samuel got a little tweak. He thought they were rejecting him, and God says, listen, Sam, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. And then the people said, listen, Sam, don't start praying for us. And he says, moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord and cease to pray for you. First Samuel twelve twenty three. It's a sin not to pray, you understand? The petition of Hannah aligned her with the will and the purposes of God. Notice thirdly, the acquisition of Hannah. Verse 19, all the way down to 2.11. Then they arose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord and returned. and They came to their house in Ramah, and Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son, and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked... For for him from the Lord. Now the man Alcott and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice as his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, "Not until the child is weaned, then I will take him, that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever." So Alcat her husband said to her, "Do what seems best to you, until you have uh, weaned him. Only let the Lord establish His word." Then the woman stayed and nursed her son until. She had weaned him. Now, when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, three bulls and the nephot of flowers, skin and wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh, and the child was young. Then they uh, slaughtered the bull. They brought the child to Eli, and she said, O my Lord, as your soul lived by soul, I am the woman who stood before you praying to the Lord. For this child I, I prayed, and the Lord has granted Me, my petition, which I asked him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. Talk no more. So very proudly, let no arrogance come from your mouth, for the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by Him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and those who stumble are girded with strength. Those who were full have uh, hired themselves out for bread, and the hungry have ceased to hunger. Even the barren has borne seven, and she who has many children, has become feeble. The Lord kills, He makes alive. He brings down to the grave and brings up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and He has set the world upon them. He will guard the feet of his saints, but the wicked shall be silent in darkness, for by strength no man shall prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces from heaven. He will thunder against them, and the Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. And then Alkanah went to his house at Ramah, but the child ministered to the Lord before Eli the priest. Notice the acquisition of Hannah here. 19 through 28, Hannah experienced conception. Here she is, her husband and her rose up, they worshiped early in the morning, they returned home, and they came together sexually, and God allowed her to conceive. He remembered her, and the Lord remembered Noah, and the Lord remembered Hannah, and the Lord remembers you. You need to understand that. She conceived. His name is Samuel. Ask of the Lord. Uh, this is his name. He would grow up knowing that he was a direct answer to prayer. What an incredible, incredible life. And that he belonged to the glory of God. That he was a direct hand of God in what he was doing historically. Samuel would know the power of prayer. As we've already seen, he said, God forbid that I should cease to pray for you and sin. In verse 21 to 23, she did not go up to Shiloh again with her husband as he continued to make this yearly uh, pilgrimage. In verse 21, he and his whole household went, but she remained in verse 22, and she ministered to the child about three years before taking him to Shiloh. Hannah knew that she would present him before the Lord and he would be there forever. Now, she counted the cost. She stayed home. She continued to provide spiritual input, knowing the importance of what God was going to do. Notice in verse 23, Hannah's husband told Hannah, Do what seems right to you. Wait until, the Lord, until you wean him, until the Lord has established his word. So, you know, it, 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 it affected him too. He trusted the Lord more. I mean, you can imagine. He's not objecting to this or anything else. God was doing a work in their life. I believe that it, it went beyond the normal spiritual care of Deuteronomy uh, that is given in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. I mean, she just poured herself into the child over and over again. Um, he was not only the last judge of Israel, but the first prophet of many to come that would be counselors to the kings, as we'll see this as we move through the book. Look at 24 through 28. She kept her vow to the Lord, Hannah went up to Shalom in verse 24 after she winged him, presented him the sacrifice. In 25, she presented Samuel to Eli there. And in 26 to 28, Hannah reminded Eli of the prayer and the vow she had made and, and, and that, you know, he belonged to the Lord. They both saw what God did. Eli knew the condition of, of the nation. God was doing a work beyond anything they could even understand to its full end. Now we see the purposes of God, they were accomplished. We need to understand that God needed a man to judge over his people during this critical transitional time from anarchy to monarchy. And his eyes went to and fro throughout the world to show himself strong on behalf of them whose hearts are perfect towards him. And he used the woman to get a man. He had to get a woman in line before he got his (laughs) man. You never know how God's going to work. Do you understand? Notice the last 11 verses there, chapter 2. Hannah expressed her adoration. In verse 1, her joy was centered on the Lord, not her situation any longer. That's good. Verse 2, her awareness as to God's uniqueness and otherness was acknowledged. No one one like him. In verse 3, her exaltation of God's knowledge of man's inner thoughts and actions reproved the proud in heart. 4 and 5, her recognition of God's ability to destroy the mighty and strengthen the weak, as well as causing barrenness to bear children, is stated. Nothing impossible for God. And in 6 through 10, her proclamation of God's sovereignty, his ability to put down the proud, exalt the humble, and strengthen the king, was declared. He's the one on the throne. And in verse 11, her commitment was fulfilled as the child Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, the priest. And they went home. Our joy, like Hannah, is to be in the Lord. Our strength, like Hannah, is to be from the Lord. Our sacrifice, like Hannah's, is to be out of love. Able to give up the dearest things to God, knowing that's His purpose and His will. You understand? Jesus prayed, Oh my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Matthew 26, 39. He's our example, completely. No other. Every believer like Hannah is able to reap fruit from obedience that we may live a life that is wealthy in the Lord. She saw her son serving the Lord. She continued to visit him and to instruct her child. She saw God use her son as priest, as prophet. She was acknowledged by Eli as a godly mother and received the blessing for the loan of Samuel. The vow was fulfilled, accomplished. According to God's will, he needed a man. She gave him worship for that. She was blessed with more children. She had three sons and two daughters, as the following chapters will show us. Do you worship God for everything and through everything? There's some things that are really tragic. We don't worship for those things, but we worship through those things. There's a big difference. We're not sadists, masochist. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Romans 8, 28. Are your purposes the primary focus of your life? Then you're a miserable person. But if your focus is the purpose of God, then, then you're going to live the way God wants you to. You're going to receive the benefit. We have God's workmanship in Christ Jesus unto good work, created beforehand that we might walk in them. We might walk in them. Ephesians 2, 10. Daily, I make decisions. Daily, I must obey. Daily amongst you to the Lord. The acquisition of Hannah from God was abundance. Abundance. The story of Hannah, which unfolds here in this threefold movement, is certainly a great lesson for us on the sovereignty of God, the wisdom of God, the faithfulness of God on one side, but on the other side, it is the obedience and commitment of each of us to the purpose and the will of God.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese, illustrating with the story of the mother of Samuel, Hannah, how it's our obedience to God that brings into focus the faithfulness of God. Now today's message, Hannah, a Vessel of Honor, is available for only $4. We can send you a copy on CD. And by the way, this will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is, Hannah, a Vessel of Honor Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese.